cozy season is finally upon us, and with it, autumnal breezes, rustling leaves in the trees, and the occasional rotting gourd. Hello, my name is Endeavorance, and welcome to episode two of Podcast from a Desk in the Astral Realm. you are joining me today via YouTube, you'll notice that I've got a new toy. It's holding the microphone directly in front of my face. Hello, I'm still here entirely. I still have my mouth. I still have all the parts of my face that the microphone is covering. Uh, but hopefully, there'll be much nicer audio quality for you and everyone who's just listening as a podcast. But with that out of the way, let's go ahead and move directly into history. Now, one of the benefits of traveling in the astral realm is that time moves very differently here, and I'm able to look through interdimensional magumbo and see Earth in different years. Always the same day, but different years. And today, I want to tell you about public occurrences, both foreign and domestic. On this day in 1690 in British colonial America, the first colonial newspaper was published. It was called Public Occurrences, Both Foreign and Domestic. If you ask me, an extremely good title for a newspaper. It was a relatively humble newspaper with ambitions of being a monthly publication that just informed people as to what was going on around them. You know, news. By most accounts, it was a perfectly good newspaper. It reported on what was going on, it talked about a nearby murder, it talked about, you know, just news stuff. But there was one party that was not a fan. Because history dropped some sick-ass rhymes, wouldn't you know it, the governor had the newspaper canceled. There was a column in the newspaper that criticized the governor's treatment of prisoners of war during the French and Indian War. The governor did not like being painted in that picture, and had the newspaper literally destroyed. I'm not kidding. They destroyed all the remaining copies of the newspaper and canceled it immediately. The first issue was the only issue of this newspaper, and there wouldn't be another newspaper for years. They even referred to it as a pamphlet instead of a newspaper in their request to have it terminated. Just mad all around. It's actually kind of funny to think about people beefing like that all the way back then. Like, petty bullshit, and they're still mad about it. All the way back then. It's just, there's something very human about that. I want to take this as a quick moment to clarify my position on journalism. I think journalism is excellent when it's done by great journalists. I think that modern mainstream journalism is largely opinion-based and crappy. And that's not to say that they're bad journalists, they're just being paid to write opinion pieces, because that's what sells ads. The field of journalism is filled with people who genuinely want to do good. Very few people are getting into journalism for the explicit purpose of duping you. They want to report. They want to make writing be their source of income. But it's sometimes hard to get gainful employment outside of these massive newspapers that just need content. So when you do see a journalist who has work that you appreciate and they go independent, do whatever you can to support them. They really need your help. Individual journalists are not the enemy. They are just dealing with the crappy system that we have in place. The crappy system that we have in place is the one that forces news to generate money in the first place. How could that not go bad? Anyway, money is fake and people's needs should be met. Let's move on. 
Just like last week, I've been fielding questions from my Discord, and if you'd like to submit questions, you can join my Discord, and I'll drop an email as well at the end of this section. But for now, let's go on to the questions. The theme this time around was greatest of all time. What category do you want to know the greatest thing of all time from? Now, of course, I'm uniquely positioned to give these answers because, well, I mean, look at me. So let's get down into it with the first category. Franch asks, what was the best story ever told? Now, let's see. I'm willing to put myself in the running because I just told you about that newspaper and it was a pretty good story if I do say so myself, but I don't want to show favoritism. Let's start by disqualifying bad stories, and we'll disqualify anything that involves a knight in shining armor saving a princess. That is, except for Shrek. From there, I think we can narrow it down to retellings of similar stories, so West Side Story instead of Romeo and Juliet, you know, same thing, basic general gist. Next, we need to eliminate all sitcoms besides Keenan and Kel because they perfected the art. Okay, so I'm running the calculations now, and I've eliminated all those categories. I have here a list of every story ever told besides those things. I'm going to run my algorithm on it to determine the greatest of all time. Two stories came up as equally perfect. The greatest of all time stories are Homer's The Odyssey and ABC's Lost. I don't know how you didn't see that one coming. Anyway, moving on. Ace asks, what is the greatest of all time dog breed? And this one's very personal to me because I've had a lot of thoughts on this over the years. I used to be really into German Shepherds, then I was really into Huskies, then I was really into uh, Bernese Mountain Dogs because, oh my god, have you seen them as puppies? However, the more that I think about it and the more that I have a dog, I have to say that I think the best breed that you can go for is a mix. Just a mutt, a good old-fashioned brown dog. Now allow me to justify myself here, because I absolutely acknowledge that Labradoodles and Bernies and all sorts of great dogs exist. Like Pomskis are a thing. Have you seen those? They're adorable. But growing up, I had a good old-fashioned brown dog, and now my current dog, Flynn, who's a very good boy, is also a brown dog. Just a mix of a whole bunch of crap. He's got some Labs, some Husky, some Sheba, some Cattle Dog. He's got all sorts of stuff. He's just a fluffy tail good boy. However, and I am not a vet, so this is not official vet advice, but these mixed breed dogs tend to have less health problems in general and longer lifespans. When you get a purebred dog, you don't typically have as wide of a gene pool variety, and the problems with that given breed are exacerbated. For example, with German Shepherds, they have horrible hind hips. They almost all get hip dysplasia, and that's actually how my original dog uh, had to be put down. She was mostly German Shepherd, and she got hip dysplasia, and it got to the point that she couldn't sleep. She just was afraid to lay down. And so she'd fall asleep standing up and fall over. I'm sorry, this is, this is actually really sad to talk about. Uh, but it's it's pretty brutal. And a lot of these purebred dogs have a problem that's almost guaranteed to claim them eventually. If you get a mixed breed dog, yeah, you don't know what you're getting. Could be good, could be bad. But typically, they live a little bit longer and they have less complications. Now again, I should say I'm not a vet and I'm not saying this authoritatively. If you have a purebred dog, I'm not saying your dog is going to die soon. Uh, but if you were thinking about getting a new dog, I highly encourage you to skip the breeder and go to a shelter. Adopt a dog that could really use your care. Moving on, uh, I'm actually featuring Franch again here. Thank you so much. This is a great one. Best astronomical object. There's a lot of them. 
So, all right, let's start off and just agree. It's not Earth. It's it's not Earth. Earth is cool and all, and like, yeah, there's a couple of humans here, and that's that's great. Um, but there's cooler stuff out there. Like, there's planets out there that rain shards of glass. That's dope as hell. You know, any kind of awesome binary star would probably be good too, just because binary star sounds cool to say. I am going to give a controversial answer here, though, because the greatest astronomical object of all time is Voyager 1. Voyager 1 has been hurtling through space for decades. It is the furthest object that humanity has sent out into space. That's wild. It represents the farthest reach that we possibly have right now. It has been flying through space, containing some facsimile of the best representation of human knowledge that we have. And it's probably not going to ever be found. And that's fine. But that seems like a crowning achievement to me. Put simply, whether or not we are alone in this universe, we do know that there is an object that was created by a sentient species that is hurtling through space in some random direction, and it's not stopping anytime soon. And that is the only sentient species-made object that we can confidently say exists out there. And that's pretty cool. And finally, for the greatest of all time, what is Chain asks, what's the greatest flavor? of all time. So I don't know if this is the greatest flavor of all time, but I do want to tell you about my favorite food of all time. There is this Amish market that I used to go to when I was younger that has these hot pocket pretzels, basically. They were a pretzel roll that was stuffed with pepperoni pizza filling, basically. It had cheese, pepperoni, sauce inside of a hot pretzel tube. That is the single most bliss I've ever had when eating a thing. Those things were... I I lack the words, honestly. I was about to say dynamite, and I had to stop myself because I almost said dynamite. I almost said those are dynamite. And that's not acceptable. But the more I think about it, I think that's actually accurate. That's not one flavor, though. That's a combination of flavors. That is a, an orchestra of flavors. It's a choir of flavors. I'm talking about the specific single greatest flavor of all time. I think the way I'm going to go about this is instead of thinking about individual food flavors, I'm going to think about the flavor categories, you know, sour, sweet, umami, all that good stuff. According to some website, there are eight categories of flavor. Let's run through them real quick. We've got sweet We know what that is. Salty, bitter, acid, spicy, umami, astringent, and adipose, which apparently is the fatty taste that would be linked to foods rich in fat. Adipose? Adipose? I'm just going to call it addy. I'm also going to disqualify it because, eh. So from this list, we can eliminate a few, right? Let's get rid of addy. We'll get rid of astringent, because that's a bad flavor inherently. We'll get rid of acid and bitter, because bitter is nice in small quantities. Acid is nice in small quantities, but I don't want to just sit there and eat a bitter meal, and I don't want to hate myself after eating something way too acidic. That leaves us with sweet, salty, spicy, and umami. Now I'm going to come at you with a controversial opinion here. Sweet overrated. I like a good chocolate. I like a good dessert. 
but in moderation. As I get older, it's just harder to eat too much sugar, and it's harder to handle too much sweet. I can barely get through a single can of soda anymore. But what hasn't faded away, the flavor that is the greatest of all time, remains umami. Look no further than one of the perfect foods on this planet, ramen. Ramen is by default umami, but it can also be spicy, it can also be a little bit sweet based on what you put into it. It's effectively a perfect food when you think about it. It warms you up, it fills you up, it has all sorts of toppings, and honestly, I think I just really want some ramen right now. But no, that is not clouding my judgment. Umami is the greatest flavor of all time, it is known. Oh my god, I really do want ramen. Moving on. We're wrapping up here now, so let's have some parting thoughts. The mail is actually pretty cool when you think about it. You can write a letter, put a stamp on it, and write an address, drop it in a box, and it'll get there eventually. Postal service workers are awesome. First of all, they're going all over the entire country slash planet, and they will deliver your mail to wherever. That's commendable. Unfortunately, the mail is almost entirely spam at this point, and very rarely is it an enjoyable experience to check the mailbox. So here's an idea. Write a handwritten letter to someone important to you in your life and mail it to them. It does not matter what the contents of this letter are. It can be a simple hello. It can be a life update. It could be all about the person who you're addressing it to and telling them how much you appreciate them. But write it by hand on a piece of paper, fold it up, and mail it. I guarantee that whoever receives that letter is going to be thrilled. The mundane daily routine of grabbing the mail, sifting through the bills, throwing away all the spam, you can make that brighter for someone. You can make that an exciting experience. They're gonna go out and get a letter and be like, what's this? And they're gonna see that it was a handwritten letter. You put in that effort and time thinking about them and mailed it to them. That means something. And that's why I say the contents don't really matter. It's the thought. It's knowing that someone out there took the time and the effort to handwrite a letter and mail it. That's really special. Yes, you could just email someone, but that defeats the purpose. So let's rehumanize the mail a little bit. Let's bring back that touch and let's brighten some days. Write someone a letter. But speaking of mail, if you would like to submit a question for next week's episode, in addition to joining the Discord and posting in the thread there, you can email me at neverendingfeast. That's neverending at F-E-A dot S-T. Neverending at F-E-A dot S-T. Neverendingfeast. This week's question category is advice. So ask me a question that you would like advice on, and I will solve your problems next week. But that is all for me today. Thank you so much for listening to episode two of Podcast from a Desk in the Astral Realm. I am Endeavorance. Take care and be well. <laughs>